Hello, Internet. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we said we were going to do hi, Internet. Why would I say hi? I always say hello. I know, but this, is the, this isn't the show. This is a commercial for the show. I thought we said we were going to do it different. I always say hello, Rod. I, you, all right, fine. Say whatever way you want to, Chris. It doesn't matter what I say anyway. Hello, Internet. You did. Fine. You got your hello in. And now I'm Rod Morgan. You can listen to us on Balls and Brew, where we'll argue about many things, even more inane than what you just heard us argue about there. I promise. Right here on the Morgan Eno Podcast Network. Come on in, guys. Let's talk about Survivor Season 42. I'm Rod Morgan, and with me is my co-host, the Mrs. Morgan you know, Kate. Here, we recap last week's episode just ahead of tonight's episode to get you ready to outwit, outplay, and outlast in 15 minutes or less. But quick up off the top here, guys. We might be a little more than 15 minutes, and I don't know if we're going to get to our check-in with our favorite people at the end like we normally do because we have so much to go over in the quick and dirty recap and the twists and turns in episode number three of this year's Survivor called Go for the Gusto. Mrs. Morganino, you start us off. Okay, Go for the Gusto is what they did, especially in this first immunity and reward challenge. So this thing was brutal. It involved swimming, high waves, diving down for a ladder, carrying the ladder so one player could climb up in the water to retrieve a key, then carry the ladder again to shore to climb up it and unlock a lockbox that retrieves sandbags to throw onto targets. I mean, like, all of these things going on with these crazy, crazy waves. And for Taku, they accomplished it beautifully thanks to Jonathan, who single-handedly won this immunity and reward. It was phenomenal what he achieved. We've seen some different challenge beasts over the years on Survivor. Your Ozzy... Your Cody's, your, you know, numerous guys who have just been absolute challenge monsters. But I don't know that we've ever seen anybody single-handedly whip through the challenge the way that Jonathan did. I mean, he's carrying people in the water. He's single-handedly holding the ladder. He's holding the ladder up when they get back to the beach. And he was the one who made every single sandbag onto the targets. I mean, single-handedly winning the challenge for his team. And then Jeff Probst decides to bag it for the other two teams. We've never seen this in Survivor history where Probst comes out and says, all right, guys. We're, we're going to stop this part of the challenge and move on to the end. It was crazy. Yeah, so they, they stopped it when they were struggling so, so badly in the water, told them to come up and then compete evenly, essentially, to get the sandbags up. And, and it ended up being Vati who lost and Taku and Ika that won. And so Taku received a large toolkit and a large amount of fruit, and Ika received a smaller reward of the same value. But instead of the fruit... Taku opted to go with the fishing gear, which they lost uh, when they lost in the last challenge. Now, and of course, before all of the folks leave the beach, we, of course, have to send a couple of people off to the prisoner's dilemma. So this time we have Chanel and Omar are headed off onto the prisoner's dilemma. And Chanel spends an awful lot of time assuring Omar that she needs her vote that night. Right. She spends a whole lot of time saying, I can't risk my vote under any circumstances, blah, 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 blah. She goes back, risks her vote. And then Omar goes back and says, well, there's no chance that she's going to stay safe because she has to absolutely has to. So I'm going to risk my vote and get myself something extra. Turns out they both screwed each other and neither one of them got a vote at tribal council. And that comes back in big when it comes to Chanel. Well, and it was ridiculous, too, because they're going on and on about how trustworthy the other one seems, and she's really making herself out to be a trustworthy, great ally to Omar, and he believes her. And yeah, like Rod said, 
because he thought that there's no way she's going to risk her vote because she kept going on and on about how important her vote would be that night. He thought, well, hell, I'll risk mine and then I can get an extra vote. And no, no, it did not work out that way. And so now Chanel is off doing the prisoner's dilemma with Omar and her tribe is scrambling around because they're getting ready to go off to tribal. And we realize quickly that Chanel is not going to be in trouble for being away from the island as usually happens on Survivor. But she's actually going to be the swing vote when she comes back. One problem with that, though, Mrs. Morgan, you know, everybody on the beach has no idea that Chanel can't vote. No idea. And she doesn't know either until until she gets to tribal council and sees that she doesn't have a vote. She just thinks she might not have a vote. Okay, so here's how it's going. You have Mike and Jenny fully aligned, and you have Hi and Lydia fully aligned, okay? So you have both of them. Chanel being a swing vote. Daniel, you think, okay, is going to go with Mike and Jenny, but he's also telling Hi and Lydia, no, no, I'm with you. So Chanel is doing the same thing, and and really Daniel and Chanel are thinking, we're going to get Lydia out of this thing, when Hi and Lydia think, no, no, we're going to get Jenny out of this thing. Well, it turns out that Daniel and Chanel are both the bad guys, both trying to play both sides, and it's Daniel who ends up getting called out for it at Tribal Council. Yeah, he ultimately decides that he is going to stick with Chanel, and Chanel's one time when she told him she wants to get rid of Lydia. Now, you trying to pin down Chanel during this Tribal Council as to who she actually wanted out was a thing that was infuriating to me because Chanel was taking full advantage of the fact that she could not vote. And so she was not letting it be known one way or the other, which way she was actually going to go. Now you can believe like the Mrs. Morgan, you know, and I do that she actually wanted Lydia out and it just went in her face. And so she decided to, to back off and act like she didn't, but I truly believe that she wanted Lydia out. And then when she saw that it wasn't going to go down that way, she was trying to play double agent and carry favor with both sides. I completely agree. So let's remember here, Chanel does not have a vote when she gets to tribal council because she, she uh, risks her vote and that proves to be unsuccessful. Mike also doesn't have a vote at tribal council because of his beware immunity idol that has not yet come into play. And so the first and second vote at tribal council reveal a tie between Jenny and Lydia because you really only have four human beings voting in this tribal council because two people can't vote at all. So those four people are Jenny and Lydia canceling each other out and then Daniel and Hi. So this forces the four remaining players to either determine who goes home or draws rocks because you keep getting this tie between Lydia and Jenny. Another thing that I think we got to point out here is it goes from 2-2 and then the second vote is just literally it's Daniel and it's high and both Daniel and high stick to their guns and stay with their original vote forcing this final decision where they're either going to pull rocks or they all have to come to a unanimous decision. Daniel finally decides to acquiesce because he does not want to pull rocks, and they decide that the best course of action for all of them at that moment is to send Jenny home. But a serious rift looks like it's created between Daniel and Chanel and the whole rest of the tribe, so things are going to be real rocky for them when they get back to the beach. Now, what was really, really interesting about Tribal Council was the fact that High has no idea what's going on in terms of Mike and Chanel not having votes. So when Jeff only reads four votes and then he only reads two votes, 
after Jen- Jenny and Lydia can't can't vote, he's like, what the hell is going on? And he recovers quickly and doubles down on Lydia and says, after Daniel says, well, I'm not drawing rocks. And Hi says, well, I'm not coming off Lydia. So I guess it's Jenny going home. And I think that was a really strategic, very, very smart decision because Jenny is an excellent player. I think she could have gone very far in this game had this situation not come up for her. And I give a lot of kudos to Hi for playing so well in that moment. And I think it's safe to say that he has Lydia's allegiance, certainly for the rest of this game. I think everybody else at that tribal council as well saw that Hive was willing to stick to his guns there, and they look at him as a trustworthy person that they're willing to play with moving forward. So bad stuff for Daniel and Chanel. I'm not a huge Chanel person. Do like Daniel, though, so I hope that he can recover and figure out how to get back in favor with folks and that he's not in trouble next week. Yeah, but Daniel was super shaky at that tribal council, too. He kept putting things on Chanel and saying, well, th- I was trying to do what Chanel wanted to do, and I really wanted to go this way. And Chanel's like, hey, bud, you didn't come into Survivor thinking you were going to rest all of your laurels on what it is I am doing and how I am playing this game. So don't pin all of this on me, which I thought was a really good strategic move on her part, too. She could have argued with him and said, and done this or that, or you said this, or I said that, and she didn't. She just laid it down and said, you need to make your own decisions, and I thought that was quite wise. Yeah, we just spent about seven and a half minutes on this tribal council because they spent about 25 minutes of the show on this tribal council. So we had to we had to take quite a bit of time to talk just about that tribal. But let's go over a few other twists and turns that happened in the show with the other tribes. Our favorite, Marianne, who speaks a mile a minute. She did something that Mrs. Morgan, you know, and I complained about last week. She absolutely revealed as soon as she could to all of her other tribe mates that she now has an extra vote. What's she doing? Yeah, she's doing what Marianne does, and that's doing too much and talking far too much. And she's just too, too trustworthy. Um, Another thing, though, that Marianne did is that she found the beware immunity idol for Taku on her beach. And so unlike um, Mike, she decides that she's going to go ahead and read her ridiculous phrase at the immunity and reward challenge. And she does it better than anyone I've ever seen because she talks so much and she talks nonsensically so much of the time that she says the phrase and then she decides to double down and make up a story about the phrase and you buy into it and nobody's thinking anything else because she never shuts up anyway. And then speaking of strategic decisions, Mike makes the strategic decision to not immediately say his phrase, allowing Marianne to know that the second one is in play, but he now knows that, okay, I just need to hear one more phrase and then maybe I'll say mine. But meanwhile, we learn that Mike, I need to apologize to you, my man. I kind of gave you some uh, some rough stuff oh, last week too. for losing your uh, Beware of Unity Idol, but it looks like maybe Daniel might have been more at play there because he forces Mike to let him read the fine print on the instructions that came with the Beware Immunity Idol. And in the course of doing that, he actually loses Mike's Immunity Idol for a couple of minutes and then denies even ever being given it. Not another good look for my guy, Daniel. No, no. (laughs) This is not a strong episode for Daniel. But what's interesting to me is I thought as he's reading the fine print and he reads it a couple times, it seems as though if you have this thing, you have to read that phrase at the beach if another phrase is read and he didn't read his, yet he's not penalized. He's not called out for it. So I wonder if we might see something about that in 
the coming episodes. I'm not really sure how how that's working if we're going into the fine print of this. That's a really good call. I hadn't even thought of that. Maybe Jeff Probst calls him out, right? Because, I mean, Probst is the ultimate decider here. He's executive producer, host after all these years, Emmy winner. You know what I mean? What Jeff Probst says goes. So it'll be interesting to see if he decides to call the rules back out on this one on uh, on our guy, New Jersey Mike. But I think we want to speak about familiar tropes here just for a minute or two before we leave. Because I think one thing at play in this episode, and one thing that I think a lot of folks who maybe aren't huge Survivor fans and just know about the show peripherally, would say that it's a show about lying. And it is at times, and it isn't at times, but this episode three was all about folks lying. All. I mean, everyone was lying to one another. I mean... Everyone on Vati was just going back and forth with all of the lies, and especially during the prisoner's dilemma, again, with Chanel and and Omar, and him thinking that he can trust her, and she lied to him the entire time. Chanel, also another um, sort of familiar trope is we're seeing egos be built up, and Chanel's is one that is definitely being built up, I think, coming back from the prisoner's dilemma, realizing that she is the swing vote and not in danger, and crediting all of this work to, quote, her social game being so strong. I think it's just a little bit, I think you're, you're, you think too much of yourself too early in the game, and that's always a dangerous move. Yeah, and I think we also saw a little bit of it with uh, Omar as well, as you're saying in that Prisoner's Dilemma, right? Like he flat out lied to Chanel's face thinking that it was going to gain him a huge advantage and ended up backfiring on him because now he doesn't have his vote the next time that it comes up. But Omar's still sitting in a bit of a power position with this guy Jonathan because as we just stated earlier, Jonathan absolutely ripped through the immunity challenge and Omar being present when Marianne found her beware advantage immunity idol also is pretty pretty important for him because he he will have a say in what Marianne does with that moving forward, I would think, now that he knows. Now, moving into tonight's episode season or uh, episode four, it looks as though from the previews that Marianne and Omar might be a little frustrated with Jonathan. And I'm just thinking, really? So soon after he saved you all, literally saved you all in an ocean, won you guys that challenge. Um, and, and it seems like they, they're mad at him for being messy. Poor Jonathan. Yeah, it does. It does seem as if they're trying to play that up for us on episode four as something else that you got to worry about on the idol. We talk so much about gameplay here, who you can trust, who you can't. But we spoke a little bit about Marianne annoying people last week just by talking. You really do have to kind of mind your P's and Q's out there. And we forget if you if you're messy at camp, if you're not letting people sleep, things of that nature, you can really get on people's nerves. And they're like, I don't want to spend six, seven, eight, nine, ten more days with this guy. We got to get him out now. So we will see what happens on tonight's episode. It has been fast and furious action so far in this season of Survivor. Lots of twists and turns. Lots of different factions. Are they together? Are they not together? Hopefully more will be revealed a little bit this evening. And I got to say, just selfishly, I hope things look more up for my guy Daniel after a rough episode last week. I don't know. I'm not really so much on Team Daniel anymore. I thought he kind of bitched out a bit last week and... And it, and it just wasn't his, his finest performance. But if he can be as smart as he thinks he is and be a little bit more demure and, and go along, get along, he, I think has a chance. Um, especially since Chanel is coming out to be a little bit more unlikable than what we had originally thought. 
So we will see what happens tonight. Will it be Taku? Will it be Vati? Will it be Ika? Who knows who's going to go to Tribal Council tonight and who will be the next person voted off in Episode 4. But you will find out here in just a few short hours. Thank you so much for joining us on Come On In Episode 3 here on the Morgan You Know Podcast Network with me and the Mrs. Morgan You Know. This podcast is exactly produced by James Jamriska. Thank you to Jimmy. Thank you all for listening. And thank you, Mrs. Morgan You Know, for joining me on this survivor journey. Thank you. Bye. Ah. <laughs>